Hello, wonderful people. This is Jason English with Things About Things, simplifying concepts without sacrificing depth. And I just had a great conversation with my friend Hank Montgomery. We've been friends for several years now. Uh, A lot of those years or several of those years or some of those years have been from a few thousand miles away. Some of them of the years have been from about a mile away. And this conversation was from thousands of miles away. I wish it was from six feet away. And you're about to learn a lot of stuff. For some of you, you're going to know some of this information. For me, about 99% of it was brand new. We called this listening like an audiophile. And you might be thinking, I don't know what an audiophile is. I thought an audiophile was a file, like a computer file that has audio on it. That's not what that means. Maybe you want to research a little bit before you listen some more. But I got to say, oh boy, I learned a lot. I just got super excited about uh, buying some more gear because I want to hear stuff better. Hey, speaking of buying more gear, if you would like to become a patron of this podcast, you know that you can support the work that I'm doing for only a dollar a month. And it really does add up. Right now, there are 87 patrons uh, that are giving a dollar or more a month. Starting at the $5 mark is when you start getting stuff. So you get exclusive content. I mail you stuff, stickers, art prints, books, thank you notes, shout outs, stuff like that. So you can go to thingsaboutthings.com slash podcast and you can listen to uh you can go back to all the episodes 60 60 plus episodes and there's a link on there to support my work on patreon so you, or you can just go straight there at patreon.com slash things about things and that's p-a-t-r-e-o-n.com slash things about things maybe throw a buck a month my way and help me get some of the gear that hank and i are talking about uh or or just you get some of the gear whatever such a good conversation. I hope you learn a lot. And I bet if you're like me at all, I bet you are going to realize you are much more of an audiophile than you ever thought, even if you didn't know what that word meant. Enjoy. The years I've known you now, believe it or not, it has been years. It has been years, indeed. Uh, The idea of doing a podcast interview with you, which I've been wanting to do for at least a year. Mm -hmm. Probably longer than that. Yeah, we've been playing this cat and mouse game for at least a year, for sure. Uh, I thought it would be on one of the following topics. Custom woodworking since you do that mm-hmm. uh, Montessori education since you have extensive experience in that uh, mm, home building uh, intellectual conversations metaphysical this is what I this is the category that I'd sort of put you in I don't mean like a <laughs> label but like if I sure, had yeah. right, it's what is the tension and how do you reconcile the tension of an intellectual person who still discusses and even embraces metaphysical thinking and metaphysical thinking is sometimes mocked by the intellectual community. And I was like, that's, I was like, maybe we'll talk about that somehow. And then then you introduce the idea of, (laughs) be listening like an audiophile and i'm like so i googled it right away. <laughs> like did not think that that's what mr hank was yeah, you're, you're like no your, your response was like an mp3 like <laughs> actually no is that, what, is that really that. what i said yeah because an audiophile i and i told i didn't even think of that but yeah that's that's oh hilarious. right i remember that now like a file f uh yeah right so what the heck is that 
I'm going to backtrack a little bit. I think that it's funny that you're expecting to talk about all of those things. And I'm like, well, I felt only prepared, not only willing, but only prepared to talk about listening like an audiophile, but about listening to music. Right. Um, and, you know, to a certain, like, to an audiophile level. And uh, I think that ties everything you just said in kind of cleanly to one like concise little hobby that I've been involved in for over 10 years now that I think not a lot of people know about, you know? So I don't think I'm going to disappoint you. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, got it. It'll be the perfect iconic symbol of all you are. Yeah, Yeah, we can get metaphysical about listening to music, but (laughs) yeah, maybe we should like lay a better... uh, better foundation for the listeners right Uh, so yeah what is an audiophile yeah um so in this context an audiophile is someone who kind of seeks the um like seeks high quality or high fidelity like reproduction of music so like in layman's term, like really, 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 really good stereo systems. Yeah. And I don't mean really loud stereo systems or uh-huh. stereo systems that have a lot of bass, you know, like, or, you know, things you find like rock concerts or anything like that, but like um, stereo systems that, uh, or headphones that reproduce music really, really well. Um, and, and to a level that I think most people are like super unfamiliar with. Yeah, it's got to be for it to be its own category Mm -hmm. and kind of kind of this elitist. We really know what we're hearing right now. Definitely. Yeah. Uh, It's like, well, it can't just be easy to reproduce without some effort or else. I mean, there are, you know, Apple and Beats and all that. They make millions upon billions Mm -hmm. of dollars and there's no way every person is by accident listening to this perfect thing because if that was the case then audiophiles wouldn't be able to claim that they're doing it better right so i I don't even know where to start except to say it's got to be you want to talk about equipment first or sitting Um, in a certain place in the room like where do we even go maybe like why the heck does this mean any matter to you when you can just buy like uh beats by dre and call it a day yeah so i um, uh, I can by the tell way, you how this I got, episode like, of Things About Things is sponsored by Beats by Dre. <laughs> right. No, that would be. Um, <laughs> we will talk about Beats by, by Dre. Dre. Let's. We're going to bring that back up for sure. Um, but I don't know. I think I'll tell you maybe how I like was introduced to it myself as a precursor. Right. Um, so like this is over. A decade ago, um, fourteen-year-old Hank, I had the the luck of having an elective in high school in that Montessori high school uh, of audio recording. So, <clears throat> excuse me, music production and audio recording is what I think it was called. You know, and I had this teacher who's a nut about it, and he like was, you know, had all the equipment really good, and he'd bring it in, and like we were just. We, we were really into music already. Like I've always just, music has just been a part of my life um, since I was a kid. And like, you know, so we played music and we'd record each other and all that stuff. But like, once you start getting into the world of recording, you start understanding like how intricate and how much attention to detail people who record music put into that art, mm-hmm. you know? And like, they are using, like, we're, you know, we're using computer microphones to, you know, do this podcast, but they're, they're using microphones that cost $30,000 and have insurance on them. And like, that's standard, like the Newman U87 microphone has been the standard for 40 years. And like, is just a really, really impressive piece of like engineering, honestly. Um, and so like, and, and everything about like the, you know, how the signal travels and like, you know, where the, you have to think about these things, like how high quality is your wire that you're sending like from the microphone to like this amp and how high quality is the amp. And then that amp sent to like this other thing. And it's just like, it gets really, really hectic, really big. And I'm not, I'm not like a, a huge gear nut, which is kind of ironic being an right. audiophile, but like, um, 
once I was introduced to that, and I was never really that good at recording music. I did a lot of it, but I wasn't like, I don't think that that wasn't something I was going to go and study. Um, <clears throat> once you're introduced to that, you're educated on like the possibility of the other end, which is like listening to the music and how like most of us are listening on our Beats by Dre or our like computer speakers or just like us, God forbid, a Bluetooth speaker, you know, in the corner of the room. Um, and so I was kind of like curious. I was like, okay, well, what do I need to start like reproducing music at the level that it is being recorded, you know, with that attention to detail? Um, and the answer was you need about a hundred thousand dollars <laughs> um, <laughs> to like get in the door, you know, and you need like all these, a bunch of equipment and a bunch of amps and a bunch of like, you know, really, really fancy stuff. And they're like boutiques that are like super catered and like super fancy with like, and it's all, it's all like white glove services that'll come and set up your system and stuff. But like I was 14, you know, and 14 year old Hank's, solution to anything that I couldn't afford was let's make it right because like most likely the markup on that pair of speakers is astronomical right like a $30,000 pair of speakers can't cost that much to build mm. maybe to develop you know and maybe yeah, they're using like really the nice years that it took to figure it out yeah right but like what if I like did some research and maybe either like design my own or like use somebody else's design and use like you know, instead of like solid mahogany, I used like, you know, birch plywood. Like how, how close can I get to that hundred thousand dollar system? Um, and so like that became like my mission in life, you know, for a while. Like I was pretty obsessive about like my projects and I still am, I guess. But um, I, I made this pair of speakers that were this, these, these like monoliths. Like, and I, I designed them and like, you know, I didn't actually end up using somebody else's design because even those were getting kind of pricey. Like I ended up designing my own, um, getting really kind of deep in a lot of science that I'm still not, I'm still kind of grasping, you know? It's like an ever, like building speakers is an ever like evolving journey. But I built a pair of speakers and I plugged them in one day in my little bedroom and like the music that came out of them I always say it's, just, it's like crept under your skin. Like it just, it was so beautiful that I can't even describe it, right? It's like, an, wow. it's a hard thing to experience, right? It's kind of like, you know, if you were like, we'll, we'll, we'll tie this back to maybe not metaf no, metaphysical stuff, but like to church in a way, like if you're okay. in one of those cathedrals for the first time and there's a choir practicing or, you know, some chanting happening or something. And it's like that, like, just all encompassing like the music just kind of enters you it's just like complete it's a complete experience it's not just like i'm plugged in and like the music's in my head and you know i can i can like, mm. like the, the bass is good no this was like it was creepy you know what i mean um wow. and those speakers are still at my house back in or you know my parents house like when i left for college um, I kind of had to take a break from all this stuff because I was like living in apartments and dorms and stuff and I didn't have any money. Um, and when I came home, like they were, those speakers were in the living room, <laughs> which was like a much bigger space and a much nicer space than my little bedroom when I, you know, when I was growing up. Um, cause my parents had like gone in and like listened to them. They were like, Holy, like, this is, wow. this is unbelievable. Um, so I have like, since, you know, like developed and redesigned those speakers into something even better. And now they're sitting in an even bigger room and an even better room and being appreciated by like two people, my parents who like, I would call them audiophiles, whether they would or not, like they, they understand that there's like that, that thing exists, you know? Um, and I've since designed and built like other speakers and, um, you know, at different levels of quality, like I've just finished another pair that, I think is okay but like I, the more you get into this the more you realize like oh I want more I want more I want like a, a, you know another next level whatever that is um I've also thrifted some speakers that were um that are really really impressive <laughs> so like the the I, I don't think you need that hundred thousand dollars I just think you need to be really clever about how you get into it 
Um, but that's kind of been my story thus far, and it's like an ever-developing thing. Oh, my goodness. So what about if you don't have either option of I'm going to build them myself like Hank, mm -hmm. or you don't get lucky enough to either find out about or know what you're looking at at thrift shop? Well, any in between options? Um, so there's like the. I see. I say if you if you're trying to just like get into it, and you want to know what I'm talking about, like a a really really nice pair of headphones will get you close, and like not Beats by Dr. Dre. Like don't go get like a sponsored pair of headphones. Um, hmm. Get like a. I don't know. Like these are these are decent. They're aerodynamics, but like I don't know. Like it's it's that that's that I I think that's the most entry level thing. But I'd say the other way to do it, if you're going to go the stereo route, which I'd probably recommend, is um, like do some research and know what makes a good speaker or not. Mm -hmm. Maybe we'll talk about that later yeah um like i don't know and a good speaker but also a good system because like speakers are just like a quarter of the equation here and then you know put it together very intentionally and then um listen very intentionally well yeah listening very intentionally i think is so key regardless mm -hmm. of the quality of the sound coming in your Definitely. ear like we're all familiar with music right like and most of us really really love it and like we're very emotionally triggered by it yeah. Um, and so like, you know, if you got your, you know, your AirPods on and you're in like a quiet space and like you're sitting down and like all you're doing right now is listening to music, like that's, I'd say that's probably one of the biggest things that sets an audiophile other than just like the, you know, a lot of those guys have a lot of money. Um, but like the biggest thing that sets apart like an audiophile from like a normal person is like they listen to music very intentionally instead of just like while they're doing something else just exactly something in it's, the background yeah right like i think most of the people i know like walk right past you know the stereo system and if if i notice it's a good one i'm gonna like find the spot right in the middle you know back from the speakers where i can sit down and listen and then like you know just be there be there with the music um and so that's like you don't need you don't need a hundred thousand dollar stereo system to do that. You you can get a you can get a decent stereo system at most thrift stores or like a restore or something, and sit down and have that experience. And then what you'll start to notice is that there are like things kind of missing mm. in the music. And this is where it becomes like a you know a curse and a blessing. But like like either you you've listened to a better system before. And you know that like, oh, and in this recording, I know I can hear like Nora Jones, like hit the piano pedals with her feet mm. or like a, a guy cough in the crowd. Mm. And I can't hear it on this one, you know, so this one isn't, isn't right. <laughs> mm. That's why I think headphones are really good because headphones get you really, really close to that, you know, and like mm -hmm. high quality headphones or like decently high quality headphones will get you like, will get you that experience. But like an, a speaker system in, in an actual room will put you in that room, you know, as opposed to put that sound in your brain. I think there's a difference. Man. Instead of getting into the exact equipment first, I want to yeah. go down the rabbit hole of why would any of this really matter? Like, uh, like why does it mean something to hear the cough in the background? Why does that matter at all? I I, I, don't, I believe it, it but I'm wondering how, what you think about why. So, I mean, I don't really know. Um, and it might not to some people. Sure. Like, I think there are some people who could hear that $100,000 system and just be like, sounds like, sounds like, whatever. A, sounds like a million bucks, but like, you know, sounds I don't like anything it, so like, else. Yeah. Right. Or like either sounds like really, yeah, it, it just doesn't matter to them. But like, um, audiophiles really like that stuff right <laughs> you know like i can't explain it and like for me it was just an experience that happened like i once i noticed that those things existed it was like you know it'd be kind of be, like any hobby or like any 
anything you'd see yeah. once you've been in a really fast car yeah. you know that car like it's not everybody's cup of tea like i like riding in really fast cars but i'm not gonna go and build one right because right it's dedicate um, your life to getting one that's not my obsession so you're saying right. you my know, question of like, why do people why you're like because they like it that's your answer because they like it yeah i mean i could tell you why it was for me you know just because like like music is one of the most fantastic parts of like being a human being on human. this earth you know yeah. it's just like I have music going constantly, you know, I'm mm-hmm. obsessed with it. Like I take breaks every once in a while because like I get so fatigued from listening to music all the time. Right. You know, I use it as a tool to like get work done. I use it as a tool to go to sleep. I use it as like, you know, like an activity, like listening to music, like sitting down and listening to an album from start to finish is like, yeah. that's kind of old school. It's a lost art, man. But, and maybe it's because I have like a really good stereo system, but like I can do that. And I love doing that, you know? it's just a, it's an experience and it's that kind of like creep like that music creeping under my skin thing that i was talking about like the first time i plugged in those speakers that it's like that never got old you know what i mean like it was just uh, like i did that and i was addicted so i'll probably always do it it's like a passion hobby mm-hmm. oh man and other people yeah they get in a fast car and then they're like i'm addicted this is what yeah. i want in, now i have a honda right. civic in my garage that'll never be done you know <laughs> right yeah that's exactly right man well for me it's i mean i, I don't think i've really ever had access to the quality stuff mm-hmm. but i have been very intentional about listening so i might not have had the highest end stuff or the or whatever mm-hmm. but i sat and i listened to a full album to try to determine what they were trying to say, the feeling mm-hmm. they were trying to convey. Uh, and then also listen with my eyes closed with no mm-hmm. other distractions, just to this art that's being presented to me. Absolutely. That's so I guess in that sense, I've, I have that part of the audio file. And when I, when I hear something like someone inhale a little bit before they like to breathe in a little bit before they sing mm-hmm. on a good quality one. I would, I hear them breathe in that little millisecond before, and then in a cheap, the cheap through a laptop or whatever. Yeah. I wouldn't hear. It gets lost. It's not that I dislike the song, but I like it more and I feel like I'm more in it and connected with its original intentionality. Totally. And that, that one of the questions I had was, is that part of an audiophile is the most pure thing that actually happened when mm. it was being recorded? Is that part of it? Good kind question. Of like, I think there are a lot of audiophiles who would, that would be the definition of being an audiophile is like, what is the most um, realistic sound that we, uh-huh. like if this was recorded in, you know, if it was a live recording of somebody in like a you know a smoky bar room how close can that to that smoky bar room can we get yeah instead um, of trying to get rid of the clinking drink noises right. in the background that is completely yeah. what it was like to so that's with. that's very relevant to like live recordings um i think that that definition like kind of falls short in that like a good re- a good studio recording will always sound completely different from a good live recording so right. in my opinion, it's just like, what is the best reproduction of the um, artists and the sound engineers intention for that music, especially nowadays, since we have like so much music that is like um, more digital, you know, like audio, like recording and, you know, music production has changed in that direction, which I am like totally okay with because you, we still have both, you know, there are, there's always going to be purists on either end and like the, so yeah, the it's so yes and no. <laughs> right. But in that some like, yeah, like it, I want you, I I went through all this hard work of recording this with the best stuff we could mm-hmm. do it with. And so I would like to ask you to listen to it with right. that same intentionality, with the best stuff you've got. Yeah. So it really I think that, is what I tried to give you. Oh, totally. Like the, I think it's a good way to definitely, you know, kind of tip your hat 
to them and like respect their effort. Um, I'm sure most artists are going to be happy. Like if you're bumping their song off of like your phone turned all the way up, sitting in a, you know, a, a bowl. So it sounds a little bit louder that goes a little versus, bit. you know, a system like we're talking about, but um, yeah, I do feel that way sometimes. <laughs> like this is how it's meant to be, but you know. Yeah. Well, what about how to train your ears for this? Um, got to be something to that, not just buy the good equipment and pay attention. There's got to be a way to get quote better at listening. Isn't that um, got to be right? I don't know. I think there's a definitely a way to get better about talking about what you heard. Mm. and then you'll you'll find a lot of audiophiles kind of like it's this it's one of those things where like either people are really obsessed with their hobby or people who are really obsessed with their like um their art or whatever like talking about it and it's kind of like going over your head i think that like i mean there are definitely people who are like harder more harder of hearing than somebody else but like you know your perception of the music is going to be relative to your own experience so like a good system is a good system no matter who's listening to it and I don't think that you need to train your ears to hear that difference. I think you just need to experience it. Um, you can take good care of your ears so that you can have this experience for longer, which is what I'm learning, especially since I do, like you said, work construction. Mm. Like, you know, I'm liable to blow out my eardrums at a young age because of nail guns and chainsaws and, thing, and chainsaws and stuff. So. <laughs> I make it, a, you know, have a conscious effort to like preserve that as much as possible. And I've met people who, you know, like they really love to like go to live music or like go to live, you know, dance events or something. And um, the music's usually really loud. Like I knew one guy who was a, um, a violin maker and he'd always wear earplugs to concerts. And everybody's just like, why are you wearing earplugs to a concert? And he's just like, cause I make violins. You know, which is that same, you know, it's, it's, that's a very high level of like use of your ears. Like you have to be, <laughs> you have to take care of those things. Otherwise you can literally become a worse violin maker. Like you can, you can like possibly, you would just be disappointing yourself, you know? Right. <laughs> Getting like more and more, becoming more and more of an audiophile and then like gradually losing your hearing. Like it just sounds tragic. Yes. So, yeah. Oh my gosh. You know, a lot of this sounds like wine tastings and and bourbon tastings. It's like, right. just trust your, it's not about like whether, like if anybody can just enjoy it, sip. If you mm. like the wine, if you like the bourbon, then that's, then you like it and nobody can take that away from you. But how right. you talk about it, you can train yeah. how you talk about it. Definitely. It's the same so like, parallel. Like totally. you can just say you like the wine. It's fine but you need to do it more in order to talk about the different notes and where it might've been made right. and how it might've that's, been that's If you're trying to talk to other people, who's, it's a language who speak that language, you know, like other wine people or other, you know, Psalms or whatever they're called. Like it's, it's the same way. Like if I were to go to an audiophile convention, I'd have to like put on my audiophile face and be like, Oh yes. Like, like the tinniness of that, like horn, you know driver was like really like stringent and it's the same exact language it's yeah. just used to describe it's like sound. This, yeah this uh um, this brown ale has a nutty flavor to it yeah you know <laughs> and like people make fun of that all the time and i think that like rightfully so because it gets kind of ridiculous yeah um like i was in coffee for a while and i love coffee and i love good coffee but like yeah. once it got to the point where i had to like start like using the language to describe it you know and it's like nutty with a chalky aftertaste and like you know yeah acidic but like you know it takes the yeah and uh, then you like, want to slap and, yourself and be like just enjoy the coffee yeah, <laughs> i know and i yeah i'd always write down on the little like thing i was like takes cream well and they don't always make them mad but <laughs> right <laughs> so it's like look man uh we all started with uh gas station coffee to stay awake mm -hmm. on road trips and let's all just right. admit that to ourselves <laughs> right like you know 14 year old me didn't even know how to talk about it you know what i mean like i knew what bass was i knew what treble was i knew what mid-range was like that was it you know what i mean so like what i show if i'm going to show somebody that thing you know that i'm talking about um like i don't i'm not gonna like i'm not gonna ask them like what it was like i'm gonna watch them while i turn the thing on you know and like 
like I said, like some people, I mean, there's usually a pretty noticeable reaction to like the, oh my gosh, like that is, mm-hmm. this is different. Like this is, this is, you know, this is definitely different than what I was expecting or what right. I you know, thought. Cause like I, I, you know, talking about being an audiophile, like you just sound like every other dude with a hobby, you know, uh-huh. and like with passionate, which is like, that's a cool thing. Like people like passionate people and like, you know, hearing about other people's passions is always like really interesting. And like this is yeah. the entire podcast built on that thing, but like, right. It's hard to explain a feeling and like listening to music is a feeling that everybody is familiar with. And then I take that and like, either just turn it upside down or amplify it or do whatever, you know, I just make it a complete, something you, you know, you thought you were pretty well versed in and then just uh-huh. make it a whole nother thing. I like seeing that. I like seeing that happen on people's faces. <laughs> well, and I can, right. Yeah. I, I can, I, I'm thinking about examples of coffee, wine, bourbon, whatever, gin, mm-hmm. and their, their flavors, obviously, but right. with, but with lingo within the audio world, it's not like you're tasting it. It's not that sense. And it, it's not about smell there. I've noticed things. So we're talking about hearing, but then there's terminology like warm. Uh, and that's a temperature. And then there's like yeah. muddy or, mm-hmm. or my, one of my favorites is coloration. It's mm-hmm. like, okay, it's not something you can see. It's something you can hear. So why would you use the yeah. word color? That's about, that's related to sight. What yep. does coloration even mean? Do you know what that even means? It's like something um, about the strength of quality or no, that's not right. Uh, see, I'm not, I'm, just, I'm not super good at the language either, but my experience coloration means just the, like when a specific part of that speaker or a specific like um, driver, like each little individual circle that's like pumping the sound is called a driver. Mm is adding something to the re- to the recorded music um that's coloration and sometimes that can be a good thing sometimes the in, the speaker itself like they're really accurate speakers and they're really they're speakers that add a lot and the the addition can like add to the music in a way you know and make it really like sweet like beats by dr dre like they add a lot of bass you mm-hmm. know and like for like rap and hip-hop and um pop music like a lot of bass is a lot of fun right it's like a really quick and cheap, yeah. easy way to get to like a you know a feeling. The feeling in your body. Yeah, <laughs> in, your, yeah. in your body. Yeah. Um, so yeah. yeah, that's that, that's my understanding of coloration. But like again, like I could be wrong yeah. there. Um, I think it is. Yeah, the the trying to use language to describe a um, an experience or a feeling like that. You know, we're gonna have that problem yeah. forever, dude. Like it's crazy. Yeah, how to it's, describe it's, it's what we're to... experiencing? Right. I mean, if humans like could figure out a way to do that, <laughs> right? Which I think, I think music gets really close. You know what I mean? It does. Like, that's why I think that music is like one of the most just important things you can pursue. In oh life. man, it's because it like it shuts you up <laughs> and oh. lets somebody else like you know sing about that experience and like they can say eight words but if like the piano's hitting right and the drums are hitting right and we like, just go yep composition is like i've been there like i have felt that before you know like all those little like empathetic neurons are firing in our brain and just like you explained it to me without using this. yeah without using words like muddy and coloration and you know yeah so, oh, so that means somebody, yeah, two people could be sitting and listening to that music and they know they're like, I get it. But mm-hmm. then if they start talking about it, they don't use the same language. Right. <laughs> but maybe they they did actually understand the same thing at the same time. They yeah. just don't know how to communicate it to each other. Right. Oh, that's almost like heartbreaking. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> maybe uh, air, airy is another one. Airy. That, well yeah that one's like some of these things are like when you hear them you kind of understand like airy is like a like a kind of a hissing treble that um it sounds really cool with some some things you know like female vocals and like jazz recordings and things like that and like really airy it can also add a lot of like roominess to the recording i don't know yeah i think it's i think of airy as 
picture the people playing the music now picture there being a lot more space than mm-hmm. your father was right which, which there's like, like a, there's like that white noise almost yeah which is like a really fine line between that and tinny and i'm sure if like i told you like oh these i've heard tinny all sound the time, tinny. but i don't really get it it's sort of like when this when the symbols aren't aren't hitting right no, <laughs> like it's, the... it's, it's it's like you know you probably heard like speakers in either like a like a metal room or like maybe yeah. like i think the perfect example of tinny would be like do you know those like metal um food service containers okay yeah you know like they're and then like the, the classic thing to do when you work in food service is like get your phone and like crank it up and then put it in one of those metal containers yeah and that amplifies it right because yeah. it becomes a it becomes a horn but it's a metal horn on a metal surface and like a really crappy speaker and so you get a really tinny sound yeah it's like literally a metallic sound created by metal isn't that amazing that metal has a sound yeah oh it's nuts and wait until you get into like the rabbit hole of what the the parts of the speakers are made of yeah to create a different sound right oh there are, you know like the the like the drivers or the parts of the speakers that you can see, like those round things that yeah. like kind of go in and out and out. Um, and then like some of those are metal and some of them was a, or paper mache. Some of them are Kevlar. So I built the ones I built when I was in, when I was in high school were uh, they were like an aluminum magnesium composite kind of thing. They were super pretty. Like those imparted like a really sharp and like clear and accurate sound as opposed to like a paper driver that's going to impart like a more subtle and relaxed and like um, mm. drawn back sound. But both of those can be really, really good, you know, either depending on what you're listening to or what you want from the speakers. Oh. All right. So one of my, one of my uh, podcasts from a couple of years ago, a year or two ago with my friend Joe was about analog and he's into hmm analog photography analog music recording yeah analog music listening uh do you have a thought on is the purest of all audiophile thought is it analog as opposed to allowing for um, digital or where does digital have a place in this or maybe even is it the winner in this or it just depends on who you talk yeah. to kind of thing no that's a great question um i think that most audiophiles are going to say analog is king um and that like a record you know this is hard to beat a new a newly pressed record on a nice turntable uh and i i I mean for a long time i agreed because like i wanted to be you know it's hip i wanted yeah it was hip and i had one (laughs) and you know they do sound really freaking good yeah but um Maybe it's either that I'm just like addicted to Spotify or that um, I feel like the the industry has just flown by a lot of these old kind of audiophile people who like can't really adjust, you know, because mm-hmm. they're like they're old and they don't want to, you know, we have that problem with everything. But like mm-hmm. it's the same thing with music. Like there are dudes who are gonna tell you that, like, yeah, if you're not listening to it on vinyl, then you're you're not really listening to it. But like um computers and like music that you can get you know off of a computer have come a long way in a really really short period of time and i think that like for the most part maybe i maybe i'm thinking maybe i'm hoping that like that has left those that that kind of thought like behind because for instance like my like the system that i have like i do have a record player and it runs you know it runs straight to the speakers and it's like sounds really good when it does that and it you know it might sound as good or better as when i'm running it off of spotify but like i also have like a separate little box that takes the music off of a computer and then um because your computer has this thing in it that's converting the digital signal to an analog signal whoa right it's called a digital digital or I think digital to analog converter or something like that, a DAC, DAC. Um, and it's the one in your computer is like whatever Apple wanted to put in it, you know, or Dell or whoever, you know, it's, it's not the highest quality one that you can get, right. You can get another one 
that you have to buy, you know, and put on a shelf. And it's like got like glowing tubes and stuff. It's really pretty, but like it'll take the same digital signal out of a USB or an HDMI cable and then turn it into an analog signal at a much higher quality. Right. And like that is wow. a perceivable difference. Right. You know, it's like music sounds better right off your computer than through a Bluetooth speaker. You know what I mean? Like you can, you could tell if you plugged a Bluetooth speaker into your thing and you just sat there and you had a little, ran a little experiment, you could tell. So like there, there are ways that are being developed to um, reproduce digital audio since that's kind of like the king at the moment, um, like streaming services and stuff. And even, even things like Spotify are like kind of catching up with it because I think um, for a while it was like, you got an MP3 off Spotify and MP3s are kind of like bottom end, you know? And now they're starting to put up higher quality recordings and like allowing people to stream at a higher, it's got like a bit rate or something. Mm. Um, so go into your Spotify settings and look at what quality, like there's a quality setting. Like you want to stream at high quality. Like if you've got the internet for it, do that. You know what I mean? And you can tell. It's kind of like when you go on YouTube and it's just like, what quality do I want? And this is like 360 and like 720 and then like 1040, whatever it is, HD and then 4K and 8K and 12K. You know, it's like at a certain point, like it's a higher quality than you could actually hear. You know, like like I think they're making movies in 8K right now. And like you can't even see something that detailed. Like our eyes aren't that good. Like we've gotten past our ability to actually see. It's just, it'll become the same with music. And then there are other streaming services um, that are specifically designed to give you the highest quality file through that streaming service. And and they they usually cost like they're they're another subscription. And like I had one for a while, but like Spotify is getting pretty good, so I just kind of stick with that. And then for me, it's like, there are other people who will only, if you, if you only listen off a record, you have to own all of those records. Mm-hmm. And I, I want, like, I want the best of both worlds. Like I want quality and quantity. Like I have a big music taste and not all of it's pressed on vinyl yet. So like, I can't wait, you know, like I'm going to go and listen to these things off, you know, streaming. Yeah, and it's also not, not, it's not a sustain, it's not affordable. To think like no. every piece of music that you appreciate, you have to have on vinyl. That is absurd. Right. I, I know about so many bands and well, and musicians from Spotify or I still love Pandora too. Just it, it sort of knows my soul somehow because I've had it for interesting. Yeah, for the algorithm years. <laughs> They're like, we got you, Jason. We get yeah, you. Yeah, we know what you like. Spotify still does stuff. I'm like, I don't know who you think I am, but yeah. uh, I obviously don't want that, and I don't know why you don't know that. Pandora never does that to me. Mm, uh, interesting. <laughs> yeah. See, but anyway, my point is, there's all sorts of there's all sorts of musicians and bands that I absolutely love, and I'm so glad that they exist, and even some that I have purchased as well, but mm-hmm. not on vinyl. It'd be like a million dollar endeavor. Oh, I know. Me too. Yeah. <laughs> like sometimes if I'll find an artist, like there are a few artists that like just, I'm I'm dedicated to because I, I also want to support them, you know, yeah. in, a, in a bigger way. So like I can't always go see their concerts because like I'm over here and they're over there. Yeah. And I'll buy their vinyl. Like if I buy music, I'm gonna buy a record, you know. Mm. Um, but for the most part, it's just like listen to it on Spotify and like yeah, give them a shout out on Instagram or something, but like well, and if the more people that do that, they eventually do get some money out of that. I mean, you oh, your, totally, yeah. your listens alone might not give them a whole lot, but it's about a collective <laughs> community. You know, you yeah. probably represent, they get a few bucks or something like that. But, exactly. You know, but if the more people do that, right, supported by actually listening. I'm glad that there's a system in place that actually does that set that up to do. Mm-hmm. That they can they can earn a living off of me not even paying for it. It's crazy to me. Yeah. Why do you pay for it? (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't mind mind at all. It's not that expensive. (laughs) Right. Uh, Do you want to talk a little bit about... Well, actually, no, let's keep going with with the digital. So 
I don't get, I think I just heard you say something would be digital, made digitally, produced digitally. It exists only digitally. Mm -hmm. And there's a magic box that somebody invented that is a high quality converter to animal. It doesn't, that's like, that doesn't seem possible to make some um, analog after it has become digital. Right. Okay. So like you can, you could sit on your computer. We'll, we'll do the extreme example of this, right? Yeah. Um, Cause anytime like I've, re- I've been recording music, like I'm, if I'm recording my voice right now into a microphone, like that is analog until it hits my computer and is turned into a digital signal. And then I've got to turn it back to an analog signal to get you the speakers. But like, let's just say like you, you, re- you produce a song that's nothing but beats, right? You just created like the hottest new dubstep track. Um, and so it only has ever lived and existed in a digital world. Yeah. Um, stereo systems, there is not a single stereo system that is powered by digital means. That doesn't exist. Like analog, like, a, like the purest, you know, stereo system is like a record player an amplifier and a speaker, right? And then the record is playing into the amplifier and the amplifier is playing to the speaker. That's an entirely analog system, right? Like there are grooves, grooves in a record that are being picked up by a little, you know, the needle, it's like a little, it's essentially just a contact microphone and that's being sent. Like you could, you could run that to a, a megaphone and hear it, right? Or you can send it to an amplifier that's going to turn that into an electrical signal, mm. not a digital one, but an electrical one, and then send that to speakers, which are just magnets that are just pumping diaphragms in and out into music, which is, and that's all analog, right? Everything's analog in that system. So like there, there's no way to get that dubstep track that you just produced off of your computer and into something that you can hear without going analog, right? It's just instead of a record, you've got a computer, and now you've got to take that computer, that digital signal, and turn it into something that an amplifier, which is an old school piece of technology, something that an amplifier can read. Oh, my God. We're getting into like... a lot of sense. I just don't understand how anybody figured out how to do it. Oh, dude, nor do I. (laughs) I've, I've, I've like, doesn't even seem possible soldered together amplifiers. And I couldn't tell you how they work. It's like printing an idea. Right. It's like matrix. This is major matrix. You know, how much of a matrix you'll, you'll find that any kind of like electrical engineering, like that, that whole subject of electronics. Like I've talked to like very, very experienced and very smart electrical engineers, usually about amplifiers. Um, and trying to conceptualize and grasp the concept of like how like what electricity does for us and like what how it works and i mean it's 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 like religion like you just get down to a point where you're just like and then i don't know you know like, <laughs> and then magic and happens then, and then <laughs> at some point like this exists just because maybe the universe is expanding it's like yeah the most moving. Like, we don't actually know like it's literally just yeah. like things that are beyond our oh, understanding or like our vision. Like we definitely can't see them. And they're just like pushing energy from one little thing to oh, another. Hank, dude, I, I think about this a lot is that even the most, just the, the PhD worked in a field for 40 years, gave a Ted talk on, on a topic, the world renowned most expert in the world of one of something. If you kept asking them, eventually they'd get to the point where they'd say, we don't know. <laughs> yeah. We don't know how that happens. <laughs> we don't know why that happens. <laughs> exactly. It's like and any good scientist no, is going to no, no. get there. Like any good scientist will be like, we don't know. Because we do this because there's a certain point at you know our development of understanding of the subject that we just we don't know. And then eventually you do, and which leads to the next thing you the don't. next one, right? It's <laughs> like if you ever get there, if you ever figured it out, like. If actually, if you, you think the you figured it out, if you think you figured it out, you're not, you're not good. <laughs> we don't, we yeah, no longer trust you if you said you arrived. 
Yeah, I call that delusion. That's a special thing. Oh man, it I, when people on a stage of any kind, whether it's a political, religious, whatever, they're just on a stage, mm-hmm. either literal or you know symbolic, where they have some sense of authority. When they say phrases like, um, phrases like, uh, what was it? Here's the thing. When when people go, when people when people go, here's the thing, guys. I already am like, I don't think I trust this person. When they when they <laughs> have, when they have like this really clear, here's this is how it is. Trust me. I'm like, I don't think I trust. <laughs> I figured it out, and that's why you paid for this shit. <laughs> yeah, right, exactly. Oh my gosh! So, say I bet you the audiophile world, same. Somebody's like really thinks they know it all. Yeah. Like, no, we don't like you anymore. Yeah, and see, like that's what can take, like the oh, I I figured it out. Like this is how you do it. Like this is the best thing. Like this is I've taken all the science and I've cracked the code. Yeah. And then they go and sell that pair of speakers or that amplifier or that room for a million dollars. I mean, there, there are $200,000 speakers out there. Like they exist. And I bet you there are also $20,000 speakers that you would prefer over that one, mm-hmm. you know? But like somebody got on a stage and was just like, this is why, and it was very convincing, you know? But yeah. they, hit, they hit the brick wall of just like, and this is the answer. Or know? someone who... Like, plot it's, twist it never is or someone who prides themselves on the two following things they pride themselves on being an elite audiophile and they pride themselves on being rich and they mm-hmm. want to prove both of those things as strongly as possible right they wouldn't even consider the twenty thousand dollar speakers if they were million dollar speakers because mm-hmm. they don't want to be the poor suckers who didn't buy the best ones possible right like what would what would this per, the most famous person richest person what would they have? Well, no doubt they'd have the million dollar ones. Duh. <laughs> but like to bring it full to bring it full circle, like what does fourteen year old Hank get? You know, uh huh. He doesn't get a million dollar pair of speakers. He gets what he can make. You know, he gets the little the the little guy speakers that sound unbelievable to his relative perception of what music is right yeah and the next ones are a little bit better and the next ones are, you get better at doing it you know and then there there are guys who've been you know who started like me like at 14 and they've been doing it for 40 years you know and they they've got speakers that they've been designing for that long right that have come really really close to something that should cost a couple hundred thousand dollars or would if they were going to go public with it and this is the cool thing about the DIY community is like they just put all of that development and all of that time and energy and all that passion and then the designs for those speakers on the internet. And they're just like, if you want to do it, here it is. It's like, it's open source. Like you can have this. Like if you sell it, like maybe send me an email and like ask me if that's cool or like, you know, don't put your name on it or whatever. Like it's like the, the you know, that's why it's cool that that's why that's what makes hobbies cool right like people obsess about them and then they want to share their obsession and some people take it the direction of like developing it to a point of like i'm going to make you know i need to sell four of these and i'll make a living no like some people they're not selling it you know they make plenty of money doing something else right like they already got a living but they love music and so like you know you can you can just go online and you know find a some plans for speakers that sound like something that you'd be into that are designed for like kind of a space that's as big as you've got, you know? And then if, if you don't know how to build them, find a, you know, a buddy with a wood shop and like get him to help you or her to help you. And like, you're there. Man, I'm in awe. Do you have any thoughts for people that they're listening and they're like, I, I feel like I'm sort of this, but I don't know what to do. You know, like, I don't want to get all into it, but I I really like this. And I do know that feeling of when I'm listening to something. Yeah. Uh, like first steps. Um, They're not going to build their own like, quite yet. What, what should they do? Um, I would avoid, 
don't know, there's a lot of advice I think I'd give to somebody like that. But um, and 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 the the biggest piece of advice I would give we touched upon earlier already, and that's just like um, listen with intention as opposed to just having music on. Like that's the reason I like when I pitched this idea to you, it was listening like an audiophile. It wasn't what is an audiophile with Hank Montgomery. And yeah. it was like listening like an audiophile because I think that's just the most important thing right there. It's like, yeah, you know, and you'll either notice a difference right away or you'll notice right away that you need a difference. <laughs> uh-huh. And then I'd say go and um, like, I don't, I don't really want to spend all this time like explaining like what makes a good system, but like do some research on like what a good system is like what is um, high fidelity versus a lot of bass. Mm. Um, like there's some like very really simple like visual metrics that you can watch. Like you know the graph of like the frequency response. Like a lot of people are familiar with that. Some people aren't, but if you're not, like it's pretty easy to understand. It's like you have high frequencies and low frequencies, and you want that to be pretty flat along the line because that gives all those frequencies as much respect as the next one. It's not just a bunch of bass like the you know the beats by Dr. Dre. Okay. So like find a system that can do that. Um, and then I would say uh, as much as possible, avoid buying new stuff. Hmm. Um, maybe I'm just super thrifty, but I also think that like um, people used to care a lot more about what their music sounded like um, because we didn't have all these other stimulus to like obsess upon, like a, a good stereo system in like the seventies and eighties was like, you know, you were the coolest kid in town as opposed to like, Oh, the, like you've got the most expensive, like loudest Bluetooth speaker. And now you're the coolest kid in town. Mm-hmm. So like I thrift for a lot of my audio equipment because like the stuff that came out in the eighties was like really good. And those companies are still doing stuff, but like the stuff they're coming out with now is like kind of probably out of your price range. You know, but like I got a pair of speakers in my living room right now that I bought for a hundred bucks at um, Habitat Restore, and like when they were new, they were sixteen hundred dollars, and they have gotten more valuable over time. <laughs> They've appreciated like wine. You know, like I could sell those things right now for like more than they were sold for originally. Like they were, they're really good speakers. So like, definitely keep your eye out. And then like, just put together something that's like very simple and intentional. Like simple is good when you're talking about audio, like you don't want a lot of signal path because any, any point in like the signal path is going to be a possibility for the sound quality to go down. So you'll have like problems with like, oh shit, like the wire coming from this one to this, to this from this box to this box is not like good enough, you know? And like, that's just gets like really complicated. So keep it simple. What are the what are the ingredients again? You said it earlier, but what are the what are the items? Speakers, amplifiers. No, I don't think I don't think we did we did talk about it. Um, so the I guess like the the tripod I would say would be well maybe it's not a tripod it might be a quad but there's the the source audio which we have talked about. So like where are you getting the music from, and. In my philosophy, that's fine if it's off of, a, off of a computer, off Spotify. I would probably avoid your phone because your phone's DAC is really bad. Your computer's is good enough. Um, so the source audio is really important. Um, CD is like a CD is a really, really good, like easy, safe way to go. If you've got still got CDs, um, a tape is probably like just avoid it. <laughs> <laughs> and then and then vinyl is just like it's it's cool and it sounds good hmm conversation got cut short somehow it's probably because I need to buy better gear what do you think I bet you just looked at your budget to figure out what stuff you're gonna get I know that I did I know that I am interested in getting some analog stuff Speaking of analog stuff, did you know that a year or two ago I had a conversation on my podcast about analog? So if you're into vinyls and uh, photography with actual real film and things like that that are not digital computer-based, you know a couple years ago I had a conversation with my friend Joe Mager on the podcast. So you can go to thingsaboutthings.com slash podcast, scroll down. I don't remember which one it is. It's early on, and it's called Analog with Joe Mager. Check that out. Hey, thanks so much for listening. 
thank you so much for your support and your love and your encouragement. Go buy some of that gear. And you can always go to thingsaboutthings.com for more things. Thanks.